0: Please remember that information and advice provided on this podcast is based off my personal experiences as a young girl with ADHD. Although I do analyse, mention and cite valid peer-reviewed sources, my podcast is not a replacement for professional medical advice. If you have concerns or questions regarding your own amazing brain and mental health, please talk to a medical provider. I'd like to begin by acknowledging the traditional owners and custodians of the land on which I speak to my listeners today, the peoples of the Kulin Nation. I also pay my respects to their elders past and present. I'd also like to acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded Hey everyone, welcome back to the Lucy pod. I hope that you are all doing well. It is November time, which means the end of university exams and assignments, and it is almost Christmas. I have finally finished all of my exams and assignments and it feels amazing to be free. And yeah, the part about Christmas is fun. I don't really care too much for Christmas, but it'll be great because you get to eat a lot and see your friends and family. It is also the end of ADHD Awareness Month, but this does not mean that the Lucy pod is going anywhere. I am still here, so let's keep the ADHD train going. I'd also like to thank you all for the amazing support on Instagram and Facebook. And also do not forget to listen to me and follow me on all of your favorite streaming platforms. I appreciate it greatly. Okay, let's do it. Dyscalculia, calculate me this chick. What in the world is dyscalculia? How is it linked to ADHD? What is it like being dyscalculic? And what helps dyscalculia? So let's address question one. Dyscalculia according to Spelled Foundation Literacy and Clinical Services is a term referring to a wide range of difficulties with maths including weaknesses in understanding the meaning of numbers and difficulty applying mathematical principles to solve problems. Dyscalculia is rarely identified early. Furthermore studies have been done to try to identify predictors of potential mathematical disability. The main predictors include number one not knowing which of two digits is larger, i.e. understanding the magnitude and the relationship of numbers. Number two, lacking effective counting strategies. Three, poor fluency in identification of numbers. Four, inability to add simple single-digit numbers mentally. Five, limitations in working memory capacity. Up to 60% of people who have ADHD also have a learning disorder like dyscalculia. It affects six people in 100. And a study conducted in the US International Math Test in 2017 showed that half of all US 4th and 8th graders were not proficient in math. And in 2015, 72% of US 12th graders were incompetent in math. I wonder if they had mild dyscalculia. So here are some examples of dyscalculia. Was it exit 102 or 201? What is west to east? What is my left to my right? Is it 2,200 or twenty two thousands? And how many minutes do I have until it's lunchtime? Now, how in the world is it linked to ADHD? You'd think that being ADHD was enough Nah, we we get other stuff with it. We get beautiful comorbid conditions. So according to the ADHD or Attitude Mag, ADHD symptoms exacerbate and complicate mathematical skills and lead to learning difficulties. You we really, you know us ADHDers, and much as I love being ADHD, we can never catch a break. It's just one thing on top of the other. It's it's like a deck of cards and it's just outrageous. Anyway, According to Diana Kennedy, roughly 35% of the population experiences math difficulties of some kind and 6.4% have dyscalculia or math learning difficulties, MLD. Sorry, disabilities, MLD. Children with a family history of math difficulties are 10 times more likely than the general population to have trouble with maths themselves. This makes MLD or dyscalculia as prevalent as dyslexia or attention hyperactivity disorder, yet it got often gets overshadowed in classrooms and in clinics. So furthermore, to understand how dyscalculia is related to ADHD, it is helpful to look at the two types of cognitive processes involved in doing math. So researchers break these processes down into domain general processes and domain specific ones. Stick with me, guys. Domain general processes refer to the basic processes of the brain, such as working memory, processing speed, executive functioning, and language processing, which underlie many tasks. These are the processes responsible for most of the overlap with other learning disabilities. Dr. Kennedy goes on to explain that domain-specific processes solve math problems using the brain's hard wiring, often referred to as the number module, located in the parietal lobe. These processes specifically affect math and are responsible for math learning disabilities. And of course, each individual will have a a different profile of MND and comorbid ADHD or another learning disability. Furthermore, it turns out that humans and other animals, from primates to birds and even beings, Beans. Bees are hardwired by evolution to do some types of maths. The number module in the brain is responsible for detecting, comparing, and manipulating the numerosity parameter. So, this is where the brain subsizes or automatically recognizes a small amount without counting, and it compares amounts and orders amounts from least to greatest. Basically, what she's saying is that if you've got poor memory, attention and visual learning issues due to ADHD, it is going to make understanding numbers and the place that they have in the world very difficult. So whilst I may be amazing with words and understanding written like verbal language not numeric language and being a very visual um so apologies a very sort of written learner when it comes to words I am the complete opposite when it comes to numbers they are not a language or pattern that I can make sense of and that my brain can recognize and if you'd like to learn more about this please check the link in my bio so the next thing is what is it like being dyscalculic as I mentioned in my previous episode, uh, being dyscalculic has, you know, been difficult, but I have become better. I'm not amazing. I'm not perfect, but I'm getting better. It is a form of lumber blindness, and that's the only way I can really explain it, and it's by comparing it to dyslexia. So it's dyslexia, but in mathematics, uh, meaning that, as I said in my other episode, I... <laughs> The way that I can explain my dyscalculia is by saying I learned how to tell the time when I was uh, 13. I learned how to do like financial subtraction with change when I was 15. And I'm just currently learning number placement and percentages on a computer program called Number Sharks. So whilst all of you are all up to date on this and you've got a pretty competent understanding, I still do struggles, I still do struggle with those things, but I am a lot better. I couldn't actually find the report uh, about my diagnosis, but in January 2011, I was diagnosed with dyscalculia at the mathematics cognition lab of the University of Melbourne. I actually don't remember this assessment, but I know that I did do a bunch of testing that involved mathematical and psychiatric questions and activities. And it was made very clear that I had this disorder and that it was linked to something else but I had not yet been diagnosed with ADHD. But they definitely did pick up on the fact that there was something more than just me being disc uh, My parents decided to get me tested uh, in uh, primary school uh, because all throughout it I was showing significant poor performance in mathematics and my teachers kept making a point about it and kind of guilting my parents and guilting me uh, about having issues with maths and I was always terrified in math lessons um, so my teachers some teachers made a point uh, to get me tested and I'm kind of eternally grateful that they did as much as they weren't very nice to me I'm so glad that they did that because once I got tested it was made easier because when I went into high school I knew that I could ask for help and have something set up for me so like I keep referring to my last episode uh, I had a modified mathematics program in high school and this was really helpful but it did not stop a particular individual from telling me that because of my lack of determination and ability in maths that I would not have a successful life and to be honest, math held me back from a lot of things. It made me really awkward. It made things really awkward and hard because I felt as if I wouldn't be able to do anything adult or academic because of my lack of maths. And if I had not done the things I did, I probably would not have. You know, I will never be a mathematician and I will never be anybody in the realm of mathematics and science. It is just not me. I'm not skilled in that area. And I know that, you know, you're told from a young age that you should believe that you can do anything, but if you can find me a dyscalculic doctor or mathematician, I will eat my entire wardrobe. Uh, it's just, it's just not a thing. I'm not going to be a mathematician anytime soon and I don't want to, but I've come a very very long way. And the way that this started was when I turned 15 and I was a waitress. And my waitressing job involved counting and doing the change by hand of people's bills when they had finished eating for the evening. So, I had to learn how to do that, which for some of you sounds easy, like yeah, duh, it's so easy to like do change with a calculator or in your head. But for someone like me, it took So long to understand basic addition and subtraction. And I learned how to do this as a waitress uh, and I got good at it. And then in a future job that I had, I had to learn how to weigh and package confectionery. So not only were my fine motor skills put to test, but my reading of numbers on scales and knowing how to fall into a 10% leeway was tested and I became really good at it. And even now as an ADHD Foundation ambassador, I've had to do some mathematical things. You know, I've had to do surveys where I have to figure out percentages, create data reports and spreadsheets to present this. And it's been hard, but I take the time and I can do it. And my current job involves weighing items and I'm pretty good at it. And I've learned how to visually gauge with numbers and quantities and I am slowly getting better. And look, I'm hopefully going to be in a field where I need to know about statistics and number placement and I'm going to endeavour to become good at it and keep pushing on. So you're probably also wondering what can I as a parent or person with dyscalculia do to help? Well, the first thing is, is to get tested, which You know, if you're already listening to this and thinking of getting help, you might have already been tested. However, getting tested can be hard. But the most important thing is that you talk to, like, a primary care physician, a pediatrician, psychologist, or psychiatrist, and ask them for resources. And they might give you books uh, and recommendations that can help you. And this will obviously vary on the person. Because what helped me was my amazing parents and spell the number shark, but that might not be for you. So when it comes to my parents, I have been blessed with them because they accept and adore my neurodiversity and did everything in their power to get me help and to get me tested so that I could have help and this was really amazing and my parents have made it a point to help me get better at mathematics even if it is frustrating and difficult they have spent so much time money and tears trying to get me to where I am and having a good support network so it's so important that you find this within friends family and school because it is essential when you're dyscalculic or neurodiverse you need a support system The next thing that really helped me and that might help you is Spelled. Spelled Victoria is an amazing organisation and it's for children who have issues with literacy and numeracy. I actually don't know where they're based now, but I'll link all of their details in the description. But at the time they were based near me and it was an amazing place that had phenomenal dedicated special ed tutors who were very qualified um, and that I would see once a week uh, and it was this amazing woman and we would just go back to basics And do the basic mathematics. And it was exhausting and difficult. There were times where I would get really upset, but it was so important for me to do this. I had to learn the foundations because without those, you have nothing. There are also places like Kumon, and there are also a lot of tutoring services. However, not everyone has access to this. So it's important that you talk to your doctor or specialist and school to see if there are any programs and options that are available for you or your child so that you can get the best um, out of your mathematics. You might even have a really benevolent math teacher who wants to take extra time to help you. So make sure that you explore your options and that they suit the position that you are in. The next thing that really helped me is number sharks and I mentioned it earlier. Number shark is the most iconic Game It is so iconic because it is so niche and it is this computer program that's like a thousand years old and I think it was made in 2000, 2003 and it's a PC program with the most disgustingly beautiful graphics and it's a series of terribly ugly block colour, word art, clip art looking mini games for maths. But they're amazing. When I was younger, I used them for my foundational basic maths. And now I'm using it for, you know, more advanced mathematics, which is decimal points, fractions, statistics and number placement. And whilst, you know, you might think that it's childish or silly that I'm playing a child's game or whatever – but I'm here to improve my maths and improve myself. So if you think that that's childish, um, that's your problem. It's the best thing in the world. It helps so much, the repetitiveness, the structure, the style of games, and the way that it was designed. It's, just, it's made for a dyscalculic, neurodiverse brain. And you should all look into it. And I'll be linking information about them in my description. I was actually, when I was planning and writing this episode, I thought, can you imagine if like one day I got enough followers and became famous that I could be sponsored by NumberShark? Like can you imagine me saying, "Hi everyone, um welcome to the Lucy Pod. This episode is sponsored by NumberShark. You can get temp Like can you imagine? That would be the biggest honor for me as an ADHDer. Minus like being a foundation ambassador. Can you imagine getting sponsored by like NumberShark or like an ADHD related program? Like that's 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 special okay um and also if you're wondering if you're dyslexic and you're like is there a dyslexia version of the game yes it's called word shark and I have it as well um and I slayed at it and there's also other programs that you can use I think there's like Mathletics. there's another one not education perfect or education perfect I think has arithmetics so explore your options the internet is honestly your oyster everything on there is infinite. The internet is infinite. You will find something that works for you. You should also, this is just like a side tip, you should also invest in a really intelligent boyfriend who's the opposite of you when it comes to mathematics. Uh, Without gassing him up too much and making him feel special, my boyfriend, Trent, who's also my amazing editor and an amazing producer, his contact details from my bio. He is a very mathematical minded person. And whilst he's also like very creative and is able to make beautiful music, has beautiful production skills and makes amazing movies. He's a very analytical and arithmetic, arithmetic based uh, individual. He understands statistics, stocks, and how to do methodical and complicated things like, you know, sound mixing and numbers and levels. And it's Honestly, really helpful to have someone like him in my life. That's really one of the only reasons I date him because he does challenge me at times, but it balances me out and he can help me greatly understand things that I find difficult. However, he has yet to explain how stocks work. That still does not make any sense to me and he doesn't explain it very well. The other thing that's super important when you're looking for help as a dyscalculic person is I think that teachers need to show more patience and grace towards dyscalculic students. Some of my primary school teachers used to be enraged at the fact that I struggled with maths. They truly thought that I was being lazy and just not wanting to understand it. And I think in year three to four, one of my teachers would Sorry, I'm yawning. That's so rude. Uh, One of my teachers would routinely humiliate me when we did maths, especially Bodmas, something I still don't fully get. Uh, She used to, like, purposely make me sit up at the front of the class and ask me questions to check if I was really listening and learning. And, of course, I would say, I don't know. I don't understand. And she'd insist that I would try and try and answer it. And then she would just say, you know what, you'd have better luck if you just listened and tried harder. Like if only she knew, if only she knew. And I remember all my school reports the math area, it's just like bad, like bad effort, low effort, low effort. If you look at my nap plan for English and literacy, it was all in like the two grades above in the bands and then for mathematics. I was just so behind And my parents were made to feel so bad as if somehow their parenting led me to being bad at maths or something. And it's like, it was just so weird because we had like a dyslexic kid in our class and that was totally like, yep, cool, he's dyslexic, no one's fault. But then when it came to me having very obvious mathematical difficulties, it was like, yeah, well, you're just lazy. Like you're just lazy and that's your parents' fault. And my parents used to try and explain to my teacher, Lucy, does not understand numbers the same way that we do. She has a issue and the teacher would say, no, her issue is laziness. And I find that so scary because as much as a lot of my other teachers were amazing and in high school, they were amazing. The fact that there are teachers that are still employed or just choosing to go down that path when they have such a narrow-minded view on children and their abilities is really scary. Anyway, moving on. I'm not saying that if you follow all of these steps that you'll become a mathematician overnight. But what I am saying is that by taking some of these steps to get you support, you will see a significant improvement in your mathematical skills. You just will. And also with age, you'll become a lot better at these things. And a lot of the things that I didn't understand was also maybe because I was a little immature and I was still young, but things do get better and they do improve. You don't grow out of things like ADHD or dyscalculia, but you get better at managing, thing, managing things. This goes for anyone. As adults, we'd get better at dealing with things because as you become an adult, things get more difficult, things get more complicated and bigger and stressful. And as an adult, you need to learn how to cope with those things. And you do. Please keep in mind that it does take time. Things don't just happen overnight. Um, And to be honest, I don't think you would want them to. It's actually way more rewarding to go through some of the heartache to then look at yourself and go, oh my God, like I'm acing it at work. Like I can do the math. I'm getting better and I will get better. And Also keep in mind, I'm not saying that if you're like bad at math that, you know, that means that you're dyscalculic. I recommend that you seek confirmation and that you don't use my podcast as a way to check off boxes Uh, because there are just people who are bad at maths and are not dyscalculic. Like there is such a thing as just being crappy at maths and a lot of people try to like get out of it and say, oh, well, I'm dyscalculic too and they try to argue that like, oh, you're just putting a label on it because you want to be lazy and it's like, no, 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 I actually have a condition that's been diagnosed. You're just not good at maths, so shame on you. No, I'm kidding, but really. It's like people who don't like reading and who struggle in English, they're not necessarily dyslexic. Some people are dyslexic, but not because they're bad in English. A lot of people who are dyslexic are actually very intelligent and highly literate human beings, but they've got dyslexia. Uh, so so do keep that in mind. If you do have, like, genuine legitimate concerns about possibly being dyscalculic, definitely talk to a trusted individual to see the next steps that you can take. Anyways, this brings me to the end of my episode. So you need to go and do some number shark and look after yourself. Uh, right now I am just knee-deep in enjoying post-lockdown joys such as dinner with friends and family shopping, family time, podcasting and working and it's been really good as much as you know the past two years has been hard and online uni had some really difficult moments for me even moments that I didn't fully touch on in my podcast because they just I wasn't out of it yet and I didn't know how to talk about it in a comprehensive way even though there were those moments it's so relieving and just oh so good to come out on the other side like I did it I made it I'm doing okay and it was all worth it because now I get to enjoy my life Um, I'm not saying that I should be rewarded but I feel like I can reward myself and take pride so if you've just finished your exams whether you're in high school uh, the university or whatever give yourself a pat on the back and enjoy yourself I wish you all a great time and day and I will see you all next time on the Lucy pod See you later. Bye.